Children love to be noticed, don't they? I love it when they're doing something that they're obviously proud of and they call for someone's attention. I'm sure you've seen a child do that. Mummy, 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 watch, watch, watch me. <laughs> Look at me. There's something so beautiful about that humble cry to be noticed in a child, huh? They don't have any issue turning the spotlight towards them. And, and maybe that's because they know that they need it. They need someone to validate their identity. They need someone that says to them, I see you. I, I, I notice you. And from what the scientists tell us, uh, that is actually important for their psychological development. But as adults, we grow out of that behaviour, don't we? Don't we? <laughs> actually, we, we kind of keep doing it, right? We, we continue looking for validation as adults, but we, we just we do it in more indirect ways, Right? We wear short skirts and tight shirts and we uh, drive fancy cars and we buy big homes and we put a high value on being perfect or being different or being good or holy. We work long hours. We put ourselves under all kinds of stress, all as a way of saying, notice me. Accept me. Love me. When you think about it, it's kind of sad that this is often our dominant motivation. Now, by the way, this is a bit of a challenging message today, but I just want to assure you that we're all in this boat together, right? No one is exempt from what I'm reflecting on today, and there is hope. There is hope. From what I've learned and experienced it seems that early on in life especially, there is some value in trying to establish ourselves, right? Developing our gifts, building our career, making friends. All of this helps us, even as adults, to grow psychologically. It gives us an, at least an initial sense of identity and security. But one of the great issues with humanity is that many of us never move on from that way of living. We continue to base our identity and our security and ultimately our happiness on external things, right? We live from the outside in. And before too long, we become trapped. Trapped in this relentless pursuit of external validation because it does not matter what we get from out there, how much of it we get, it will never Meet the desires of in here. Often we might not even realise that we're trapped, you know, because we're doing lots and we're achieving lots and we're buying bigger homes or going on more adventures, not realising that deep down we're still crying for that same thing as when we were children. We still... I'm saying, notice me, accept me, love me. It's hard for us to get off that hamster wheel, isn't it? Now, if we're lucky, we might get to a point where we have a bit of an MLC. You know what an MLC is? 
Midlife crisis. <laughs> Anyone had one of those? <laughs> you don't have to admit it. Well, if you have, I want to suggest it is a great gift. A great gift. It's one of those moments of clarity when we realise that all of the stuff out there that we've identified with is ultimately unsatisfying. An MLC is a spiritual wake-up call. It's our parched soul crying out for, for a life that is more real, more truly nourishing. It's our, soul, it's our soul saying, get me off this wheel. Break me out of this prison. But rather than listening to our soul, what we often tend to do is just push through the crisis, don't we? We do it by keeping busy and chasing more achievement and more things and more experiences. We continue to build our own identity, our own security. But if we are maturing spiritually, what we should find instead is that over time, the identity that we have created for ourselves slowly and gradually gets superseded or, or, or overwhelmed by the identity that God has given us. This is what the whole Christian life is supposed to be about, stepping into who we truly are in God. Today, our gospel acclamation comes from John's gospel. And John here is talking about why God became man. He says, the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us so that we could become the children of God. Jesus came so that we could transcend our man-made identity and step into our divinely given identity as sons and daughters of God. See, all of the saints reveal to us that it is, is in that identity, our spiritual identity, that we finally discover that validation, that security that finally settles our heart, finally starts to meet that deep hunger. This is an identity that is not based on externals, but it comes from the inside. It flows from our relationship with God. At one point, St. Paul, uh, in his letter to the Philippians, he was talking about all of his status and achievements, of which he had many. And he said, I've now come to a point, he, he, I guess he had a bit of a crisis, his own crisis. He says, now I've, I've come to realise that all of that stuff out there is rubbish. If only I can have Christ and be found in him. He discovered his spiritual identity, Right? Now, I am still very much on this journey myself. I still care far too much about what you all think of me, right? <laughs> but I have found that the more I deepen in my awareness of who I am in God, the less I feel the need to try and create myself or prove myself or make myself happy. And this, for me, has been the greatest liberation of my life, without a doubt. Because of this freedom, uh, I've become so much more fruitful. Because, you see, what happens is when we, 
when we get to a point where we discover enough of who we are in God, when we're secure enough, we can sort of let go of ourselves. And when we, the more we let go of ourselves, the more that we can truly live. We can live for the purpose that God has given us. We sort of get over ourselves and get on with living. It's so beautiful. This is what it means to be saved, you know. It means to be freed from ourselves so that we can live through God and we can live for God. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, St. Paul says. That's the goal. That's the idea. Now, John the Baptist, who we heard about today, he is another model of someone living in their spiritual identity, perhaps like no one else in history, apart from Jesus and Mary, I guess we could say. John seemed to have absolutely no need for external validation, no need to prove himself. He knew who he was. Listen, today he's with his disciples. John had his own disciples, right? And, and he, he notices Jesus coming. And he says, look, there is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Yes, I have seen and I am the witness that he is the chosen one of God. John the Baptist knew that his whole life was about pointing people towards Christ. And that is how you know. That's the sign, that's the evidence that you are growing in your spiritual identity, that your life will become less and less about you and more and more about glorifying Christ. We heard it today in our psalm, huh? Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. The psalmist was someone who was living in his spiritual identity. He knew what his life was about. He was secure enough to let go of his own agenda and live for God. That's the goal for all of us. Now, this does not mean that we stop working hard. It doesn't mean that we don't try and do great things with our life. But what it does mean is that our whole motivation towards life shifts from glorifying ourselves, magnifying ourselves, to magnifying God. He must become greater and I must become less, John the Baptist said. So what about you? Who are you magnifying through your life? Who, who are you pointing people towards through the way that you live? If you want to live a life that truly magnifies God, the way to do that is not by trying harder. It's not by being more perfect, but it's by growing in your spiritual identity. That's how you do it. And, and this always begins with a healthy dose of humility. We need to recognise that deep in our heart, deep in our hearts, we need to know that we cannot make life work on our own and we certainly cannot make ourselves spiritual. Only God can do that. If we want to step into who we truly are, if we want to really embrace our spiritual power, we need to stop trusting that we know what is right, that we know what is best for us. And instead, 
The first step is just to humble ourselves before the love and the power of Christ. God will do it in us if we allow him to. The good news of Christianity is that God wants to give us a spiritual identity. He wants to make you his son or his daughter. In fact, he, he kind of already has. If you've been baptised, God has planted his spirit within you. We talk about this spirit as sanctifying grace. It's, uh, it's, it's God's power that, that gradually purifies us and transforms us into our deepest identity as sons and daughters. What we need to do is to engage with that spirit that's been given to us. Right? And we're going to be talking much more about that over the course of this year. But today I want to leave you with perhaps the simplest and most important thing we can do to engage with that, that sanctifying grace, that gift that God has given us of his spirit. The simplest thing and the most everyday way that we can step into our spiritual identity is simply by asking God. Every day, ask God to help you to grow as his son and daughter. And, and ask him from your heart, right? Keep saying yes to that sanctifying grace that God has planted within you. And give that grace permission to make you more and more into the person that God has created you to be. There is no deeper freedom, there is no greater joy than living who, who, who you, from who you truly are in God. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.